Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hupka, and I am the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach and a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing Wendy Gates Corbett. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Christina and Stephanie. I am delighted to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. Before we get into the topic of belonging at work, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Sure. I've been in business for myself for the last 10 years. And before that, I spent about 20 years working with learning management system companies, running their client training programs. One of the things that I discovered in my experience with in, in corporate environments is what it is that contributes to employees feeling satisfied and feeling connected to the people they work with. That, uh, that sparked my interest in what it is that contributes to a sense of belonging at work. Mm. Well, let's dive in then. So can we level set with exactly what are we talking about with belonging at work? Because there can be several different ways to interpret that. There, there are a gazillion ways yes. to interpret what belonging <laughs> means to us individually and what it means at work. In fact, when I started down this pathway, one of the first things I looked for was a definition of belonging, mm -hmm. specifically from the workplace perspective. And I found a lot of definitions, but from each of them, there was something missing for me. So now there are a gazillion and one <laughs> definitions of belonging because I came up with my own definition. For me, the sense of belonging is comes from that sense of security and safety that results when we feel welcomed, we feel accepted, we feel valued, and we feel safe to express all of who we are. And we are part of something that is meaningful to us, that is bigger than us. That is a fantastic definition. And it feels a lot more complete than a lot of the definitions that I've seen. So I think that's another reason that really resonates for me. I want to ask you the easy question, which is what does belonging look like for people at work? But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ask you the harder one. What does it look like when someone doesn't belong? Because I think for some people they might do a pretty good job of hiding that. Maybe that's a protective sort of measure for themselves. But for, for those of us who are on teams, work with teams, what does it look like if someone doesn't really feel like they belong? Yeah, it, it, in some ways it's personal mm. um, because we respond differently. Um, when we feel like we don't belong, there is a visceral fear. Mm. Yeah. That makes us feel like we need to protect ourselves because we are biologically wired to connect with others, to belong with others, to not be alone. So when we that feels threatened, we there's part of our brain that literally feels like we are our lives are at stake. 
So what that looks like can be very different. What I found in um, in the work that I've done is that for us, I'm, I'm sort of going to reverse engineer this. Yeah. For us to feel like we do belong at work, we need to feel connected to the people we work with, our peers, our leaders, and the organization we work with. We need to feel respected by our peers and our leaders. Mm-hmm. And we need to feel protected. We need to feel safe and supported by trusted relationships that will not exclude us if we say the wrong thing, that will not punish us or um, or fire us mm. if we do something wrong. So when we feel like we don't belong, we may feel maybe silent in meetings because we don't feel connected to the people we work with or we don't feel safe. We don't feel valued like our voice is um, going to be heard. So we may remain silent. We may disengage, which could mean something as simple as not being willing to stay late or not responding to emails in a timely manner. Or it could be active disengagement where uh, we're sabotaging the work or our coworkers or the organization. Wow. Well, I love that you mentioned uh, peers, managers or leaders and the organization. I'm almost thinking there's like a, like a roles and responsibilities breakdown in regards to belonging at work. So what would be like the individual versus the peer versus the the manager versus the organization? What is the, what are all those different roles involved in belonging at work? Every one of those levels does contribute mm-hmm. to creating and sustaining a sense of belonging at work. From the organizational level, um, the organization sets the values, determines what is measured and what is reinforced, what behaviors are reinforced. Senior leaders um, also model the behavior and reinforce um, belonging-related behaviors or exclusionary behaviors. Peers is actually where I focused uh, my my energy because as I got into this belonging work, what I saw is that there are lots of resources for executives, for the C-suite. There's lots of resources for organizational development and for HR, for leaders, team team leaders. But I saw very little that focused on what we can do as members of teams who see our colleagues feeling disconnected or not respected, who feel unsafe. What do we as team members do to contribute to a sense of belonging? And so that's actually where I focused my research um, and and the work that I do. Now, what about the individual? Like they've got to have some responsibility for Mm -hmm. trying to belong, right? At work? Yes, absolutely. And um, the individual does play a key role. Mm -hmm. I look at belonging from the inside out, Mm -hmm. which is, which is from the individual perspective. Um, So the, the gist of my framework is for us to feel a sense of belonging at work. We need to feel connected, Mm -hmm. respected, and protected both from the inside out Mm -hmm. And what I first described was from the outside in, what we as peers, you know, and and the organization or the culture perspective of feeling connected, respected, and protected. But we also, from the individual perspective, 
um, we have a responsibility to care for ourselves, to, to keep ourselves connected to our own core values and our own voice, mm-hmm. our own contributions. We need to respect ourselves and honor what we bring, honor our own contributions and what we bring to an organization, to our team, to our own work. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to protect ourselves as well as um, as creating an environment um, where all feel protected. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree that that everyone plays a role nice. in building a, a workplace where everyone feels they belong. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what the team can do, because I think you're right. It certainly starts with the individual and the individual can advocate for themselves and they can seek what they need in order to feel as though they have that sense of protection and so that they can build the belonging that they're looking for. But I'm wondering for any of us who have ever sat across from someone in a team meeting and seen some of the things you described disengaged on their phone, really not, you know, kind of participating in a way that others might be. If that seems like it could be a symptom of someone feeling like they're not belonging, what have you seen or what would you recommend to people to perhaps take a step that might invite someone in or help them to feel as though they belong, but also respecting the fact that you know, there may be some boundaries there. What what does that look mm. like? And what has success been like for you? Well, it's, um, that was that very question. What does it look like? Yeah. What behaviors, what can we actually do has been the basis of the research that I'm doing um, because that's what I want to know. Yeah. And instead of me going to theory and um, psychology, which I love, <laughs> I've gone to people yeah. to literally to ask what, what is it that your colleagues do or your leaders do that help you feel connected to them, that demonstrate that they respect you or that contribute to you feeling safe? Yeah. So I have over a thousand responses to that question wow. and they all come from employees themselves answering that question of, I feel connected to my colleagues when they say hello to me. When we join a meeting, whether it's a physical conference room or a virtual conference room, hey, Stephanie, it's great to see you. Hi, Christina. It could be verbally or a chat message. It's acknowledging our existence. It's as simple as saying thank you. It's as simple as saying Stephanie is my go-to person for creating e-learning. I'd like to invite her to this meeting to get her input. Or saying, Christina, you nailed that report. I love what you did with it. It made a huge difference. So I I literally have thousand over a thousand responses to that question. And what I find is that we tend to think that belonging is this complicated, heady, conceptual, mm. theoretical construct. Yeah. But what I what I find is that our the things that create belonging are incredibly simple mm. like that. That's why I've been doing this research. That's why I'm writing the book. 
is to, to share that it is not only not complicated, it is something that you and I can do in our very next meeting or right when we are finished with this meeting, sending, you know, sending, um, Helena a smile emoji. Um, you know, it, it can be as simple as that. I'm not trying to simplify it and say that's enough, but I, what I want to do is empower all of us, every employee, wherever we sit in an organization with tools to contribute to the workplace community where their colleagues do feel like they belong. Mm. You see, there's like a mindset here of my colleagues are fellow human beings, which sounds simple, but it's not always there, right? <laughs> my colleagues, forget. I don't, yeah, and do. <laughs> I need to connect with them as fellow human beings. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you wish that we would ask you about belonging at work? You know, I think we've already uncovered it because a lot of conversations I have about belonging start with what can senior leaders do? Mm. Oh, yeah. And there there are answers to that. But there in organizations, there are more everyday employees. Um, and I don't mean everyday um, in any kind of value judgment. Oh, sure. I only mean that there are, you know, there are the most everyday employees and I haven't seen resources targeted for them. Right. So you've actually already asked me what I was hoping you would ask me. And, and that got us beyond what leaders can do. I love it. Uh, what can we everyday employees do? And I'm curious too, thinking about how leadership or how a manager might play a role in this. Do you find, or maybe it's, it's both at the same time or it depends on the person, but do you find that people are seeking belonging primarily through their colleagues and team members? Do they find that they are looking for that from their managers or senior leaders too? Or is it situational? Do people tend to look for belonging from all of those sources or, you know, maybe it depends on the meeting or the activity or whatever they might be involved in? I've seen it in both ways. I've seen some people for whom their peer relationships, their team relationships are more um, are more impactful, mm. are more influential in their sense of belonging. And maybe their their manager either isn't influential or their their manager is demonstrating behaviors you know, that help them feel like they belong. Yeah. Um, in other cases, I've seen that it's um, it's. Both people are interested in f that sense of belonging from both uh, both levels. Mm. Yeah, but it's an interesting thought in a way for me because I've experienced both of those situations, and I've experienced colleagues who seem to feel that what they're really looking for is that sense of belonging that comes from feeling like they are part of the team. And it's almost regardless of how somebody might manage a team. And a lot of times you may have managers who are not exhibiting the kinds of behaviors that they should be or that you desire from them. And so it really is the team itself that creates right. the environment that reflects what they want. So I've, I was curious about that because I think sometimes you might get in the mindset where it, 
you you expect a manager is going to create the culture you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But is it more often or perhaps sometimes more of a situation where it's the team that can cr- create a culture of belonging that they would like to have? Yeah, I see it more often where the team has more influence mm-hmm. because oftentimes you have more interactions with right. your team members. You may meet, you know, bi-weekly or or multiple times a week, whereas you meet with your manager, you know, once once a month or yeah. you know, not as frequently. Yeah. So it can depend, but teams can have an incredible influence on our sense of belonging at work where they are our go-to people. They are our peeps. Mm-hmm. And, they and are. it could be that our peeps contribute much more to us feeling like we belong here. I believe it. Yeah. I almost see too, there's like, um, well, like you had mentioned earlier, uh, a feeling like a connection to the mission, right? Of the organization, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I don't know quite what the question is with this one, but there's we, we've been in situations where you know we feel so connected to our team and we love them, but we feel disconnected. Maybe like you know, Steph said to the manager or to the mission of the organization. Mm-hmm. So we feel like we belong, but we feel incomplete. Mm-hmm. Suggestions yeah. for that for folks who are in that situation. Well, it it's um. It's been interesting to me to discover how important that sense of mission connection Absolutely. to the purpose of the organization or the project, um, how important that is. Because it's not enough to feel a part of a team if we feel like we are in this little spaceship just kind of floating around. Yeah, yeah we get along great in this spaceship, but we don't really know what we're doing, or what the purpose of our team is or the project that we're working on is. So in in these cases, I think there can be some exercises that the teams go through to help reconnect, um, seeing where their project fits into the bigger picture of the organization. This could be another opportunity to call on the manager to help help the team see or re-see where their role contributes and how their role contributes to the organization's larger mission. Um, but it, it's, it's been interesting to see how it's not quite enough to feel like we belong and feel like we're connected yeah. to people. We need to feel connected to a mission, a worthy mission. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is really essential for a lot of people and reminds me to, you know, kind of returning back to in a way, where we were starting, the idea of the individual being an advocate for themselves and knowing what they need, it can be really difficult to know what you need, but figure out how to ask for it, figure out how to seek the kind of culture environment where you're going to be able to thrive. So for those of us who might be in a situation where you'd like to belong, you like the people who are on your team. You wish you knew them better. You wish you were more connected. What strategies have you seen that have been effective for people who want that for themselves, who want to take that step, but that first step is a little scary? The first step is scary. Yeah. So I want okay. those people to know that you are not alone in being <laughs> scared to take that first step. Good. Um a couple of suggestions that come to to the top of my mind are to invite one team member 
to have coffee or to go for you know a 10 minute walk, whether you're in person or um, um, virtual, we call them walkie talkies, <laughs> um, you know, just to, to get to know the person or to ask someone their advice about one thing. Ooh. We love when people ask us for our advice, it shows that we are respected, that they respect our expertise, our knowledge, mm. and they want to hear it. So if you could come up with one question that is sort of a low-hanging fruit that where you could say, Christina, I've, I love the way that, that, um, that you have facilitated meetings. I really appreciate and admire how you do that. Would you be willing to have a 10-minute a conversation with me? I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. You know, so a, a low hanging fruit question that is a short request or small request um, can help start creating um, connection. Yeah. I love that advice and it is so attainable. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm actually smiling as you're telling, as you're sharing this advice, because I had something like that happen to me just earlier today mm -hmm. where I was feeling a little disconnected from a project I was working on. And as we were wrapping up a status call, I was invited to stick around to provide some insight on a problem not related to anything that I work on or do. And mm -hmm. I felt seen and valued Aww. and important. And all of what you have been talking about has reminded me that in that one little step that this particular person will probably never know that they took, that yes. changed my day. And I felt better about the work I am doing for that person as well as the work I'm doing in general. Mm. And it is sometimes just that little step. And maybe you know you're taking it, maybe you don't, but you don't know whose day you're going to brighten or how you're going to impact somebody by seeing them. Yes. So. And Stephanie, I want you to remember this feeling, <laughs> you know, that's what I want people to remember how good it makes others feel yeah. when we ask their advice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such low hanging fruit and it makes someone's day. <laughs> you will carry the, a feeling like that with you long past those conversations. You exactly. remember that. Yeah, it is. And yeah. from how you describe it and how you talk about that, creating the kind of culture of belonging that you'd like to be part of, granted, it takes time, perhaps. It's all of these small steps done consistently and perhaps with many people participating. But it makes it feel so much more achievable. So for anyone who might feel like they're in an environment they wish they could improve, look at that. You have the tools you need to improve it. And you can be the one who takes that first step. Yes. I That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I absolutely love what you have shared today. I'm, I'm a little sad that we're coming to the end of our conversation with you, although we're not quite done with our conversation yet. We always wrap up with a little segment that we like to call rapid fire. So the way that we choose to end all of our conversations is with three questions that help us learn a little bit more about you and help you to provide just a little bit more for us that we can take. So I'm wondering how you're feeling about a little rapid fire today. I'm ready. Are you ready? Well, we're going to build. At least I think I am. <laughs> I promise. The three hardest questions we ask are always at the end. So the very first one that we've got for you is this. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. It's The Fearless Organization 
by Amy Edmondson. Uh, it is a beautiful combination of stories, research, um, and everyday insights for creating psychological safety at work. Mm. I can vouch for it. It's a great read. Lots of important information in there. Good choice. Oh, I love that one. Next question for you. What is one tool that you can't live without? Otter. Oh, good one. Otter.ai. It records, it transcribes meetings. um, And for me, it gives me the freedom to take my own kind of notes um, and have a transcript to go back to. Mm. Ooh, that can be so helpful. That's a great recommendation. All right. And I also often, uh, if I get a chance to record any of my speaking events, I will then transcribe what I said, because I often don't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah. So relate. Otter, mm-hmm. um, I can otter my speaking events and find out what I said. <laughs> All right. I'm sold. <laughs> That's going to be my next tool too, I think. That's great. All right. Last question for you for today. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Why wait? Mm. Oh, we had this conversation. This continues the conversation we started with (laughs) where March is a pivotal time in, in my career. It was the time when I was willing to scrap a strategic plan Mm -hmm. that would have kept me miserable Mm -hmm. in a work environment where my husband gave me this advice. He said, why wait to reach your plan, to stick to your plan? Be willing to change because you're miserable. Mm -hmm. Be willing to change your environment because you are miserable. Wow. Yeah. I love that advice for everything. (laughs) It's wonderful advice. And we're glad you didn't wait any longer. Yes. I mean, the work you're doing in this space is so critical and so valuable and important. So we're glad that you found your way into this work. (laughs) And we're also glad that you joined us today, Wendy. Thank you both for having me. This has been fun and insightful. Oh, it has been. Well, and of course, we want to thank our listeners and viewers. But before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to dcatd.org and select the members only section of resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. Love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 